This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Growth stops for no one. There is no going backwards. Awareness and experience, driven by divine grace, are the keys. We are here to grow into happiness. Valeria Tejas interviews Joseph Drumheller, the author of The Subconscious, The Divine, and Me, a spiritual guide for the day-to-day pilgrim. Joseph Drumheller is a leader in hypnotherapy, meditation, and healing. He's also a four-time award-winning author with works in fiction, nonfiction, and children's books. His mission is quite simple, to assist people of all ages in becoming the greatest version of who they are meant to be. Joseph has worked in the worlds of meditation, healing, and spirituality since 1991. Six of those years he spent perfecting his craft by working as a clinical hypnotherapist in a cancer radiation clinic in Bellingham, Washington. Since 1991, Joseph has performed over 2,000 private sessions, led numerous seminars, workshops, online courses, retreats, and published an assortment of books. Joseph was also born with a deep spiritual connection to nature, which led him to earn a Master of Science degree in geology. He spent nine years as a mineral exploration geologist, exploring some of the most beautiful and remote parts of the planet via helicopter. In his spare time, Joseph is a jack of many other trades, including musician, artist, and whitewater paddler. Meet Joseph at josephdrumheller.com. Here is the interview with Joseph Drumheller. In your own words, who is Joseph Drumheller? Joseph Drumheller, who is he? He is a guy with some very deep spiritual connections, not only to his version of the experience of divine, but he's also uh, very deeply connected connected to nature. And he's a guy that's very passionate about uh, living and connecting to other people. How did this come to you? How did this happen, Joseph, this um, connectivity or this work you do that relates to spirituality and the spiritual realm? Okay, that's a loaded question. But <laughs> um, so I've had what I would call two spiritual awakening awakenings in my life, and they were both processes that last probably oh eighteen months to three years each of them. And the first one was in 1991, and I was intrigued with hypnotherapy. I'd read a newsletter in a bookstore way back when, <laughs> and 
I looked up a, a woman who actually did hypnotherapy in the small town that I was living in. And my initial experiences in hypnotherapy were mind-blowing and so deeply mystical experiences. So we went into this session and she said, you know, she's a somewhat of an intuitive woman. And she said, well, why have you come to see me? And I said, well, you know, I read this article in a newsletter. I thought it'd be really fascinating to try it out. And she kind of looked at me mm-hmm. and she paused. And then she asked again, no, why are you really here? And I was kind of stunned. I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I was like this normal guy who, uh, you know, grew up, went to school, got an education, got married, had a couple little kids. And I was just kind of doing that. You know, I was doing the normal life thing. And then I said something to her that when I was saying it, and then even afterwards, after I'd said it, I couldn't believe what was coming out of my mouth. It's like somebody else was saying it. I don't know if you ever had an experience yeah. like yes. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what I said to this woman was that, I said, well, I feel like I have a block to my creativity. And even when I said that, that's really funny because I came from a very uncreative family. <laughs> I have no creative inclinations whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just kind of this normal guy with kids, you know. <laughs> so then we went into the session. She took me into this deep state of relaxation. And then she was doing whatever hypnotherapy techniques that she was using. And then she stopped right in the middle, just stopped. And of course, being somewhat intuitive, she just said, what does the word abandonment mean to you? And as soon as she said that, you know, it's like I just exploded into tears and I started sobbing and and weeping. (laughs) And I saw every issue of abandonment that I've had throughout the course of my life just come at me like, one after the other, like I was speeding, like a freight train speeding down the track, seeing all these abandonment issues going by me. And so we finished the session and I walk outside to my car and uh, I realized two things at the moment when I was finished. And the first thing I realized is that I was really embarrassed <laughs> because I had just melted down in front of this woman that I didn't even know, even though she was a very nice woman. And then I realized also that I had stumbled onto some very powerful medicine and I was hooked from that moment on. So I went home that day. And when I got home, my marriage that had been on the rocks, uh, we'd been doing marriage counseling, we were kind of struggling with money, and we had two little kids. As soon as I got home, my marriage ended. That was it. So circumstances beyond my control, my marriage ended. And I had to end up living in a friend's teepee for the summer, you know, in some nearby property. And the job I had that I was working, trying to get by. I was looking for a job at the time. And the one I had in this little town, uh, I got politicked out of that job. And so I lost my job. And then uh, winter was coming. I could no longer stay in this teepee. So I had to move. And so I lost all my friends in this town. So I lost my wife, my kids, my job and my friends. But all the while, while I was doing this, I was going back to see this woman about every other week. And I was having these mystical experiences, like, you know, just mind boggling stuff every couple of weeks. And so I learned that in that process is that when you go into the subconscious mind like that and you start to give it direction to do healing, it's going to go to work right away and it's going to start to show the effects of it in your external life. And so I didn't know what was going on. So, I, you know, this took me years to kind of piece it together. But when I moved back to my hometown, what happened over the course of the next three years or so is that I started playing bass guitar and I got in this really great band. Uh I started painting and my paintings eventually ended up on uh, walls of galleries in New York City. And then I started writing and I probably, to this date, I've written probably more than 30 books. So what happened is that 
in that process of uh, going into this woman and saying I needed a block to my creativity, what happened in this work with her is that every single obstacle that was preventing me from being a creative person got removed. And so unfortunately, it was essentially everything. I had to let go of everything. But in the process, I was kind of reborn into this new being. And I later, then I went on to get certified as a clinical hypnotherapist. And I've been doing that ever since. So to answer your question, that's part part one. Wow. <laughs> and so I tinkered with hypnotherapy and stuff for about 10 years. I didn't really, uh, I couldn't say I was really a professional at it, but I was kind of playing with it and taking myself through it and taking other people through it and got really hooked on it. And then I moved to this town in, in the United States called Bellingham, Washington. It's the northwest corner of Washington State up near the Canadian border. And I had left a government job and I was kind of living there not knowing what I was going to do. And I thought, well, maybe I'll take up this hypnotherapy stuff again. And so I read this little marketing book. It says, well, what you should do if you want to get started in some new business is go volunteer somewhere. So I said, well, I'll go volunteer at the hospital. You know, I will, I'll go take trays around to people or whatever just to get to start to meet people. And I went into the volunteer office there and they immediately, seeing that I did hypnotherapy, they sent me over to the cancer center and I started working in their wellness community as a hypnotherapist. So I did that for that. I mean, that was like, that was just total synchronicity, divine guidance, you know. And and then um, I worked in the cancer unit for six years doing hypnotherapy with cancer patients. And uh, that changed my life completely. And it changed the ability to do healing work completely. And then when I was in the midst of that, you know, I, I was able to work on the subconscious. And, you know, I, I had a pretty good handle on that this time. But while I was doing that, I had this very clear and distinct feeling or awareness, I guess you'd call it, that there was, I could take it to another level. There was something critical piece I was missing. And this piece was connection to the divine. So it's like uh, spiritual awakenings or whatever you want to call it. And I've read about them and I knew that I had never had one. And so about that time, I was, I was working in the hospital and doing some other stuff. My wife at the time brings in these videos from this place called Oneness University. And so Oneness University is a, a large, or it's now called O Academy, and it's in southeastern India. And they, it's a very large institution. I was really surprised. You know, they have three campuses, this huge temple, and they were an experiential university. And so the, what they claimed to do is that they could take people through a week-long program and awaken them to spirituality or give them spiritual awakenings. And so I read their videos and stuff, and and they did it through this process called the Oneness Diksha, which is a, essentially laying on of hands. And so... As I read about it, my first instinctual reaction to it was, that, okay, this is a cult. Right, and so, right. I'm, you know, so I'm not really that interested in it. I, there were some people who gave oneness blessings in the town I was in, and I went to them and nothing happened. And so I said, I want to be really careful with these people. But I watched their videos and I read their books. And one thing that really st- stuck out in my mind with this organization, which was very large, is that they were deeply deeply committed to a positive vision of the future. And so, you know, everywhere else you look, it's all doom and gloom, you know, even, you know, especially now people are thinking, you know, you know, Armageddon's on our doorstep, but it's, you know, we may be actually in the the doorstep of this golden age of awakening. And so, so I was working as a geologist up in Northern Canada at the time, and I had this kind of synchronistic two week break in my schedule, and they just happened to be doing these courses in Fiji. And so I went to this course in Fiji I don't know. I could go on. I actually, I wrote a lot in my book about this, but in any case, I'm not. um, So I get to this conference 
And there's these about 50 people there. So, and it was in a very high end, uh, exclusive kind of place. And this white guy gets up to talk to welcome us all in. And I'm going, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of put off by it because who's this white guy I came here to be around, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I lean over next to this guy and I said, so, so who is this guy? And he leans over to me and says, well, that's Tony Robbins. And so I don't know if you know who Tony Robbins is, you know, he's a, Okay, so in any case, I didn't know he was going to be there, and he owned the facility that this workshop was being at. So he was there the whole week. He wasn't actually part of it, but he was sitting in the corner the whole time. And so during this brief period of time for about a year and a half, Oneness University crossed paths with Tony Robbins. And so whether you like Tony Robbins or not, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a whole different story. <laughs> right. but in case, what happened was that two world-class energy forces cross paths in the same spot. And I happened to be there when that was happening. So it was just a super, super charged up energy of something I have never, ever experienced in my life. And, and so I was going through all these meditations. I won't go into the details. But what happened is that by the end of this week that I was there, after I had finished it, I was exhausted and totally wrung out and felt like I had gone through boot camp. It's kind of a spiritual boot camp. Yeah, <laughs> and af- like afterwards, it. when I went home, my whole uh, my my life kind of went on as normal. I was working as a geologist and commuting to Vancouver, BC, and but I noticed that my lower three chakras, which I had never been aware of before, felt like they were blown open, and I could feel energy resonating in them all the time. So I didn't know what that meant. I just kind of went on my life as usual, and then I went back for a follow up course in March, three six months later. And went through other powerful mystical experiences. Well, actually, I didn't go through any. I went through that whole week and felt like I wasted my money and I wasted my time. And then on the very last conference that we had, uh, this guy comes in. His name's Ananda Giri. And he channeled energy for like three hours. And it's like, it was like I was just sitting in the back of this room <laughs> feeling like I'm getting electrocuted, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is a little impy guy. Yeah. And so that was the end of that conference. So I went home after the end of this one and I could feel all the rest of my chakras had been blown open. So my internal world had completely transformed and changed. And so that's going to shake itself out in your external world. So again, I go through another unexpected divorce, which I really didn't want to go through. But that energy, you know, you're either on the same page or you're not. And so, sure. and so that was devastating. I didn't want to go through that. But also I was still, then I had, uh, my geology job ended. I lost a job again. And so and then I started going back to the hospital and doing hypnotherapy work, and I could start feeling energy coming through my hands. And I was having these incredible experiences with people in the hospital. You know, there was a handful, you know, maybe 10 or so of people who went through like miraculous healings. Yeah. And then there was probably just as many or more of people that as soon as I talked to them, the very first interview I did with them in our sessions, mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to be the one to walk them into a peaceful death. It was my job to uh, help them cross over. So, so that was very uh, a sacred position to be in. And then everyone else was kind of somewhere in between. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into doing this. And then so those awakenings were 10 and uh, 30 years ago, respectively. And so I'm on 10 years on the outside of my last awakening, but I've been able to, I think, transcend from what I would call a hypnotherapist into what I would call an energy healer. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I love that. (laughs) I love how open you were to all these experiences. 
to the point of even looking for them. Yeah, some of them were exactly looked for, but some of them were. Yeah, <laughs> right, the combination. Yeah. yeah. So today, how do you describe the divine? What is the divine to you? Oh, wow, that's a big one. So, okay, so so this isn't, so first of all, it's beyond, be far, far beyond human comprehension. That's the first thing. So for me personally, it's been a, an evolutionary process, I guess, or a walk. And so what it means to me now, it's a couple things. First of all, I, have a, I was born with a very deep spiritual connection to nature. And so when I go out in nature, and, I, and it took me a long time to figure it out that other people didn't experience this. But if you, if you slow down in nature and, and you let your mind slow down, you will become aware that there is a, a presence behind the three-dimensional world that is of this nature. And it will always, if you pay attention, it will always let you know that it knows you are there. Mm. So it will start to interact with you. And so the way it interacts with me is usually with uh, unusual interactions with animals. So I have, you know, I've ha- I have a couple of totems, like a, a Canadian goose totem and like I have a bear totem. And, but in any case, that's, so one is my connection with nature. That, that, I was born with that. Um, the other one, which has been an evolutionary process, is how I feel energy in my body. And so it used to start off with, it's kind of a mild feeling of electricity, I would call it. And that, but it's kind of grown and deepened to where I can feel it in my body everywhere just by focusing on it. And it's not as much as a tingling feeling, but it's more of a, of a steady glow. If, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my experience of it. And then when I do my, my individual sessions with people or any of my courses that I create, I feel that sensation during those experiences. And so in my healing sessions, I can actually focus on it and kind of radiate it out, if that makes sense. And, and sometimes it will just be through my voice or through my presence. But it's not just me. It's always an, There's always an interactive or synergistic component to it. So, so if, I, if I click with a client or a student, then, then it kind of magnifies. So it's not, it's not just, I can't just, you know, it's not just me. I'm just part of the, the whatever's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This beautiful mystery, yeah, yes. which life is, right? It, it, it is. It's, and it's really bizarre because, you know, right now things are, you know, things are kind of intense globally, you know, and so, and it's just going to be interesting to, I think part of it might be because this force is pushing its way through, mm, yeah. but we'll have to wait and, and see, you know. I have a few more warm up questions for you. And one that I want to ask is, this one, the purpose of the human experience, what do you think that is? Have we chosen to be here? Do you believe in the soul's journey? Um, absolutely. So I'll ask you. So this is a <laughs> fill in the blank question for you. Yeah. So the purpose of life is blank. Yeah. Any ideas? Yes. Uh, it comes to mind, hopefully it didn't become a belief system, love, unconditional love. Whatever that is, yeah, yeah, for me. Okay, great. I would agree with you. But I would also, I'll put in another slant. The purpose of life is living. And so mm. as human beings, what we're here to do is to experience life to the fullest. That's my opinion. And that means everything. So that means the good and the bad. So, or as we perceive bad. So, um, and a lot of that can be directly related to our emotional states. And so we are here to experience all of our emotional states. 
the happiness, the joy, the grief, the beauty of everything. And so, and I think as instead of trying to resist those things, which many of us, including myself, do, it's in that resistance that makes life difficult. I agree a billion percent. Yeah, it resonates <laughs> true to me. Yeah, and maybe that's why I added the unconditional love, because that means being open to life, being life itself, really. Yeah. No separation. Yeah. Another question I have for you, the warm-up questions, is uh, freedom. What is your idea of freedom, Joseph? Oh, freedom. That's it. So it took me a long time to figure it out, but I was born a free spirit. So I, my personality type is that of what would be called a creative free spirit. So I don't fit inside the box, you know, and it's been a struggle at times. Right. But for me, freedom, well, let's, one, one thing about freedom would be freedom from emotional attachments. So not, that doesn't mean we don't love people, but I'm more referring to like negative emotional attachments, yeah, yeah. which is where freedom or not where forgiveness can be a big thing. So if you can forgive people, then you're no longer negatively attached to that person. So it's a, a sense of emotional freedom. And so um, other things about freedom, you know, like day to day, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're free great. to live your life the way you want. So yeah. and I, I think a lot of there's, there's a emotional freedom in that. And so, you know, a lot of us, uh, are conditioned to get trapped into lifestyle choices, you know, yeah. and so that can be a form of a prison in a way. So, do you think it's possible to navigate this reality without any belief system being that open? I think maybe if you're really evolved, yeah, you know, if you're like, um, you know, like this is the last time around on the planet for you. <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but that I think sense. for most of us, we need some kind of belief system mm-hmm. just to help us. One, to connect other people, yeah. and two, to keep us from going crazy. Mm-hmm. Because a belief system will anchor us in and help us fit in somewhere in the world. And that goes anywhere from people who are terrorists to people who are evolved spiritual people. You know, it's a because it, all those things are based on connecting to other people. And so having a belief system, I think, helps anchor us in. So um, now you may not know what your belief system is. Like, I think mine is, I'm not really sure what mine is because it's, I think it's constantly changing, but it's a good thing to have an open mind. Yeah. And an open heart. Yes, open mind and open heart. I agree. I love your wisdom, Joseph. As I said, off record, the way you write, yeah, it's interesting about you speak of energy, a divine energy that comes, it's, it can be felt. It's interesting by reading your words. Mm-hmm. I felt it. And I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, interesting. The body's like happy. It's amazing. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed when you talk about spiritual awakenings with people. So so usually, you know, for some people who have profound spiritual awakenings, it's kind of an event that happens to them that they'll never forget. Yeah. You know, and it changes their life. But also if you ask anyone, almost anyone, and if you ask them, have you ever felt or experienced something that's larger than you? Mm. And I say, well, what do you mean? Well, like, I don't know, like a, a breathless, you know, breathtaking sunset or, you know, a, a really great interaction with someone, you know, that, that kind of lights you up. And most people will say yes. And then that is a spiritual awakening. I mean, that is your doorway right there. And so I think most people have that foundational experience and that connection. They just don't recognize it. They don't recognize it. That's true. Yeah. It's not really something that can be understood by the rational mind. That's where we operate most of the time in in my experience with spirituality it's it's it, this is my take on it is that it's an exp, it's an experience 
and you, you can think it all you want, but until you have the defining experience, you're not really going to, yes. it's not going to resonate as much. So true. I agree a billion percent. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and uh, so you wrote the book, The mm-hmm. Subconscious, The Divine and Me, A Spiritual Guide for the Day-to-Day Pilgrim. So talk to me about the inspiration and the intention of writing your book. Okay, so the inspiration and the intention of writing the book is basically to take what I've experienced prior, uh, you know, through my spiritual awakening experiences, and including the hypnotherapy and the the oneness experiences, and then try to to lay it out in sort of kind of a systematic fashion. So it's you know I try to have fun with it and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's it's a way to help people navigate the process of awakening, and so. The first step in doing that is in healing. And so, and a lot of that goes back to my hypnotherapy days and even my healing stuff today is that it, uh, the, 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 ma- the first roadblock or, yeah, what we have in terms of opening to the divine is a uh, suppressed emotion that we have from the past. And, and so, and everybody has it. And so, so this goes back to part of uh, what does it mean to live a full life? Well, it's like part of that. What it means is to experience everything fully. You know, the purpose of life is living. And that includes our emotions, all of our emotions. And so for human beings, for all of us, we have an inborn and ingrained natural resistance to to wanting to experience unpleasant emotions. So pain or anger or whatever. And so what we do, what we do is that all of us do this unintentionally and unconsciously. We avoid those feelings. We, you know, we don't even know we're doing it. We just don't want to feel that. So we avoid it. And so what happens when we do that, those feelings don't get experienced. And so these feelings are like living creatures. And so when emotions are born, all they want to do is be experienced, whatever they are, and then they dissipate. But when we avoid experiencing them, they get suppressed into our subconscious mind. And so when they're in our subconscious mind, they're they're alive little creatures that live inside of us and they want to be experienced. And so what they'll do is they'll start to create situations and scenarios so they can be experienced. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so say you have some anger in you. And so what you're going to do is you're going to start to see these different scenarios start to develop where the anger can be experienced. And so what happens is we continue to not want to express that anger. We're going to start to see repeating patterns in our life of the same pain over and over again. Yeah. And so anybody who does a little self-reflection, it's not too hard to see those repeating patterns. So, you know, the cast of characters has changed, but the, the situation's still the same. You know, the same same agony is coming up over and over again, you know. And so so true. So the work I do in hypnotherapy or even you can do it in meditation is that when you relax and go into a deeply relaxed state, your subconscious mind essentially opens up and then you can access those feelings and you can ex- experience them and let them go. You can do it by yourself, but it can also help a lot when someone helps you through the process. And so when those emotions are released or experienced, then those repeating patterns stop. And that's the way you define suffering, actually. said suffering is the experience of the same repeating pain. Yeah, so, so, it's, so what, oh, how did I phrase it? Um, so suffering is the avoidance of pain. Yeah, yeah. so when you avoid pain, it, you, know, you think if you avoid pain, it makes you feel better. But if you avoid pain, it actually creates repeating patterns. So the, the thing you want to do is to experience your pain fully. <laughs> yeah, and that's not as hard as it seems. So, you know, you can do it through states of relaxation. Usually, if you take an emotion on and you experience it fully, you can, 
you know, sometimes if it's a really intense one that's been holding you back in your life, it, it can take a day or two. But usually it's, it takes, you know, the blink of an eye sometimes. Let me ask you this question. How does it work? Is that the same thing if we go through the hypnotherapy session over the phone or online uh, in contrast to meeting somebody, meeting you in person? How does it work? Yeah, so online and in-person sessions, both are very, very effective. Wow. They both work. The added bonus you might get with someone you see them in person, first of all, you get to bask in their presence if they're healing, you know, if they're carrying the energy. And if they do hands-on healing, you know, you can't really right. get that. But they can sometimes radiate that through their hands at a distance. So oh, wow. um that yeah. yes, yeah. So also one one note on hypnotherapy I just like to to say is that there's a lot of preconceived misconceptions about what hypnotherapy is. So most people think it's, you know, you swing the watch, watch the watch, you're going to do it to lose weight or quit smoking or something like that. And, you know, it can do that. But really, hypnotherapy is a deep form of guided meditation mm. that's going to take you into your subconscious to help you heal. It's going to help you enhance your creativity, and it's going to lead you into spiritual connection. So those are the main three things. It's really deep and profound work. And I just think, well, I know because I've been dealing with it for a long time. That's a lot of misconceptions about what it is. And and my approach may be a little different than some other people's also. I absolutely love this idea of unlocking those deeper gifts, really, that yes. we have within. So you do that over the phone on Skype, too. Do you see any difference between online, Zoom, Skype, or the phone? Not really. Yeah, well, I, except for the hands-on part. With my, if if my clients in person are comfortable, I can actually lay my hands on their head. So, and that's a direct energy transference. But I can also do that at a distance. And it's it's not something that you know I, I hold my hands up and hope something happens. I can actually have a very distinct feeling what is happening because when you're in the relaxed state, you know, when you're in that deeply relaxed subconscious mind state. You are no longer bound by time and space because you're working in the non-physical world. Right. So, and we all have the non-physical is a big part of our human experience. True. You know, our, our dreams, our imagination, our intuition, all that stuff. Are there any risks, Joseph? The, well, usually what I tell people is the, the worst possible thing that can happen in a hypnotherapy session is that you're going to end up relaxed at the end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Now, with that said, I wouldn't I wouldn't use this w with people who have severe mental uh, illness or you know things of that line. So, you know, I'd be I'd be more cautious in that arena. So, okay. people within the normal spectrum of things. Yes, now that makes sense because um, if somebody already has a, a mind that's very confused, then it might not be clear for them. Well, nothing will be clarified. Right, what happens? Because there, you know, when you get into spirituality. There is a fine line between um, genuine spirituality and delusion, you know, and so if you're working with someone who's highly delusional already, it might not be the best thing for them. Thank you so much for what you do. It's really a beautiful thing. Thank you for exploring, uncovering that gift in you. We need that. Thank you. I have so many questions for you. I love, love the way the book is written, the way it is formatted. Um, you have lessons. It's so simple. I mean, although it's not simple, uh, the, the messages are profound, but the way you outline lesson one, pain leads to suffering. And then you have lesson two, uh, suffering leads to awareness. Is that right? Yeah. Awareness leads to healing. And then lesson four, healing leads to awakening. Lesson five, awakening leads to development. And lesson six, development leads to action. 
Yeah, it just resonates true to me, to the heart. I just opened up when I read these. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today? The hardest? Who? Yeah. So the hardest lesson to learn in my life was being able to accept myself for who I am. And that has been, it's kind of an ongoing journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Right. You know, because my, my yeah. interests and my passions, being raised in the United States, for one, and being uh, raised in the particular family and culture that I live in is, is definitely not in alignment with that. And so I've always been outside of the box, so to speak, and um, had to always kind of pave my own way. And so it's, and in my way is a, a gentle path. So it's not a, you know, it's not like a bulldoze path. Right. <laughs> so, you know, being a sensitive person and trying to f fit that in has been a challenge. Yeah. Thank you for your courage and the inspiration. <laughs> oh. Yes, I can very much relate to it too. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Well, Sun's going to rise tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Uh, uh, I'm going to love my wife tomorrow, and I'm going to continue on my spiritual journey. It's the foundation of everything I do. Thank you so much again for your presence, beautiful presence, elevated presence, your timeless wisdom, your work, and everything in between. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I do have a website. It's uh, josephdrumheller.com. It's just my name.com. And then I have lots of online courses on Udemy and Skillshare and other sites as well. And that can also be found on my website. Wonderful. I'll have that link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Joseph. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Joseph Drumheller and his work, please visit josephdrumheller.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>